welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. How's that, Chris? <laughs> We're gonna I'm sound right. <laughs> Big Mike's back. How you doing? Even though it's like schmedium Mike now. <laughs> Brother Bob's back. Hey, the one and only, and if there was two of me, these guys would be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no nickname Carl. Uh, At your service, King Ronnie. <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, Jester Carl. <laughs> would All you right. like to read our Bible verse today, please? Yes, no nickname Carl would love to. <laughs> oh, which one did we go with? I don't know. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna read one Peter five, eight through nine. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, but resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So, yes. Our most talked about topic, episode-wise, is once again, spiritual warfare. You know why? Because it's real, it's out there, and it's rampant. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on with us for about a month now. Maybe a little, little least, longer. yeah. And I wish the dude would take a break. You yeah. ain't kidding. <laughs> I know, that right? One, that is one dude that needs to go away for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guess what? Yeah. When Jesus comes back, he's history. Yep. That's right. <clears throat> no, I think... It's super important because I think it's the outlier of spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't have spiritual warfare going on from the good side, from Him, from the Father. We create that. We magnify that because of the buttons that the little Kate's H, he, pushes. Mm-hmm. Right. And that we allow ourselves to go back into. Right. You know, those sins and going back to, well, it's just this little thing. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big in the big picture of schemes of sins and all of this. It's not that bad. Right. But it's defiance. Mm -hmm. It's going against God and what he wants for your life. Exactly. You know, the only way we know, the best way to know that you're in spiritual warfare is to acknowledge that you are in a war. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, uh, you know, per se, if you're uh, in the army or, or a marine and you, you go do a you go do a mission, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't go over there because it's going to be a good time. Yeah. You understand that you're in war, so you train for it, you prepare for it, you know, and then when you get there, you're ready. You know, you put your gear on, mm-hmm. which is our gear is the armor of God. You know, mm-hmm. we got to put it on. We got to be prepared. And the only way to be prepared is you've got to understand what the Bible says and what God says about the devil. God tells you that he is very real and he is very active right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's going to be active until Jesus comes back and throws him in the pit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In that reference, Peter's not talking to non-believers. <clears throat> no. You know, he's talking to believers and, and it's it's not... There's no reason to assume he's talking to backsliders. He's he's talking to committed believers there in that reference and saying, "Be wary, mm-hmm. he, your enemy's out there. His forces are out there. They are going to attack you. It's it's a given." Like you said, Bob, we're in a war. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a battlefield, and there's no way you can get out of the war. You, you can't get away from the war by by not believing or by believing. <laughs> Either right. way, this is a battlefield that we're living in. 
and we've got to commit ourselves to fighting it alongside him, him. the exactly. uppercase H, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Peter explains everything in detail right here. Your adversary, comma, the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right. there's no room No, no question. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Knocking on, knocking yeah. on that wood, be like, right. hey, your adversary, this guy right here, yeah. the devil, he's a, the one. Yeah. A very but, real entity, yes. not symbolic, not poetic, a very real entity yes. with very real entities under his command that are at war against the Most High and, by default, us. us. Right? Yes. And, 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 I, and I like that because... Carl, you and I have talked about the 2 plus 2, and we've talked about it on here, right? Like, they give you the 2 plus 2 for the answer, but they don't give you the answer of 4, right? Mm -hmm. Here, he's cutting the chase. Yeah. Like, this is your enemy. Bottom line, period. Right. Right. And you know... Go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say, because as humans, you know, we a lot of perception goes into everything that we hear. Mm-hmm. And our perception could be different. Just the four of us around this table could be different. And it's kind of, in going back to the analogy that, that Bob was using when you're talking about the military, one of the things that they do well is break you down mentally to where you no, no longer think of the individual. You think of the team. Mm-hmm. The team is what comes first. You don't leave anybody behind. You don't move on without them. It is everybody because you are better together than you are separate. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that same thing that unfortunately sometimes we don't carry over when we're in our Christian walk with we're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. We have people, brothers, sisters in Christ that will fight this battle with us. You just got to say Let's go. Let's go. And you, you know, you got to right. be able to pick that up. Exactly. Well, yeah, because when you're when you're fighting a war, you know, in, in real practical terms, when you're fighting a war and you have a, you have a massive force that you're up against, what's the quickest and easiest way to gain an advantage? Cut them in two. Cut them in two. Cut them in two, three, or four. You mm-hmm. you split them apart from one another, and that's exactly what the enemy is trying to do. In practical terms, he's moving forces to cut us away from each other, mm-hmm. and too often we're allowing him to do it. Denominationalism and mm-hmm. individual church buildings and us versus them. We're allowing him to put wedges in, in, in between us yes. as believers, as in, in, as individuals and individual groups to break us off from one another because we're easier targets. Right. You got this massive. You got this massive war. That was Carl, by the way. <laughs> Instead of Bob this time. It's like when we start a video mass- game there. He got this massive war. But what's he do? He utilizes the smaller wars to try to take people out. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. a struggle of some sort. Right. He'll make you struggle so hard that you just give up. Mm-hmm. And once you give up, he's got you. Yep. You're done. You're out of the way. So he's going to go mess with somebody else. Yep. He's going to go create another war and start another war with other people or somebody else and he's going to break them down until they decide to quit yeah and then he's just trying to do it piece by piece and you know i think i think his reasoning for this is is how is the how is the one way he can hurt god's heart i agree by Mm -hmm. taking as many people to hell with him as he can Mm -hmm. absolutely that's how he's trying to get back at the most high i agree he's trying to hurt him he's trying to hurt him yeah so, you know, so he's going to, he's not going to focus, yeah, he's going to focus on the big war. Yeah. He already knows he's lost that war. Right. That's why he goes and starts these little personal wars with God's people, so he can drag them away from God. Yeah. And and think about it like this, we'll keep using the military analogy, right? So you have your 
I don't. I wasn't in the military. Haven't pretended to be, except for when I was little and pretended to be GI Joe. But you got married, didn't you? Yeah, you're in the military. <laughs> Bob said that. Um, <laughs> I love but, that. But you have your your corporal or your captain, your leader, right? right? Mm-hmm. So that's where he's going to start. Mm-hmm. Well, if that corporal or captain or leader is good enough and has the willpower, then he's going to just shoo him away. Mm-hmm. And then you start down the tree. Yep. That was one of the ways that we disrupted the British military in the revolution and one of the ways the Viet Cong disrupted us in the Vietnam War was was targeting military officers. Yeah. Highest rank down. You know, to the point where in Vietnam they were taking rank insignia exactly. officers that wouldn't be Just recognized. So, yeah. Just the so they couldn't recognize who the officers was because the officers wore the same same thing that the Ex- yes. infantrymen wore. You know, that way yep. they wouldn't take the officer out. Right. And, you know. Yep. And, and I think that that signifies us in our Christian community, brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to talk about, too, because, like... If you have somebody that's ready to charge hell with a water pistol, and then that little slip-up happens, Mm -hmm. right? Or that one little thing, and everybody else is, oh, it's okay, it's fine. But then he'll poke at somebody else Mm -hmm. to make it perception Mm -hmm. look like it's a bigger deal than what in reality it is. Yep. And then that person doesn't want to be a part of the team anymore. Then they're isolated. Then they withdraw. Yeah. And that happens quit. like every day. Or they quit. Yeah, or they quit. Yeah. Yep. You know that Jesus references our uh, our walk with him as a race, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're racing for the prize. It's the only race I'll ever run to. You're right. <laughs> but you know, the thing is is, you know, we may be running that race but just because we're running that race doesn't mean that we don't focus on our fellow brother and sister that is beside us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've seen those strips that they flip out into the road to, mm-hmm. to blow tires out, right? Well, that's what the devil does. He'll flip that strip out there, he'll blow their tires, and then they stumble and fall. Well, that's where we absolutely halt our race, pick them up, and if need be, pack them on our back to help them with their walk and finish their race. Yep. The thing is, is is the prize he's talking about, to obtain that prize, he's got enough prizes. There's only going to be one winner, and the one winner is all the people that make mm-hmm. it to the end and focus on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Too often, though, I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead. Too often we think of that race as competitive, and yes. it shouldn't be. Let's, like, let's return to the military analogy. When you're, when you're running in the military as a unit... You know, for example, when you're training, you're all running together, mm-hmm. and you have the one individual that's the that's uh, the the platoon leader that's yep. that's more endurant, that's leading everybody else, and you'll see him running up and down the line. If somebody, if 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 one of the if one of the soldiers or Marines is lagging behind, you'll see them go back, and they'll coax them up to get them back with the group, then run back up. They end up running two or three times as much as everybody else because yeah. they're running back, running and, back forth and forth because they're making sure that the group stays together so they all finish together. Mm-hmm. That's how we need to think of the race. We need to be finishing together without letting anybody lag behind. And if we have the endurance to go back, you know, backward, it, it, it seems like it's counterproductive, but it's not. If we have the endurance to go back to get to get brothers or sisters that are lagging behind back with the group, that's what we need to be doing. That's what we're called to be doing. Right. Because sometimes going back, leaving the 99, it's not just for one. Right. Exactly. You know, 
not it's not nice. it's not just the one that's you know that's yeah. lagging right you know so it is we do have to go back and we do have to put them on our shoulders and sometimes it's going to be get tiresome it's going to get tiresome to because you keep going back mm-hmm. you keep going back and sometimes it's for somebody different and sometimes it's for the same person over and over and over yeah. They are no less worthy of, of that than one yeah. the you know the singular people. It, Seventy times seven, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's funny that you bring up the race, right? Because I was listening to something today, and they refer to us being the roadrunner and the devil being Wally e. Coyote. I like that, <laughs> right? Do. And. Not so much the comical stuff, right? right? But, like, he will turn that sign to try to take us off the detour of the of running. Mm-hmm. Right. He will throw the tax strips out. He will paint a big entrance on yes. a cave or whatever so we can hit that brick wall. Yep. So, yeah, it's just, like, it was weird that, not weird, because we all know it's coincidence, right? And right. then we can also add that since since Wiley Coyote's the devil, that means God is the one making the acme stuff that uh, blows him up all right. the time, mm-hmm. stops him in his tracks. Yeah, and that's what, yeah, and that's you what know? they were. That was the analogy part yeah. that they used to. And the devil, even though he thinks he's wily and prowling around, he's not that smart. He's not as smart as God. Mm-hmm. He's not as smart as the Creator, which is. The acne stuff. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's also our job to stay focused on the race yep. and not have a care in the world of the distractions that he's throwing out. Absolutely. Right. So, BB, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. I've been praying about it a lot the past couple of weeks because I've, you know, I've noticed a lot of it. Like we talked about at the beginning, there's a lot of, it seems like a, a, a high increase of spiritual warfare, demonic activity. You know, the things that I've seen the past couple of weeks that I was talking to you about, Bob, is just yeah, is pretty chilling. Wild. It's pretty yeah. chilling. And it seems like it started a couple of months ago. We're in a spiritual storm, 100%. And I was kind of praying about it. Like, why does it seem like the ones that are that are pursuing him the most are the ones that are attacked? That's why I'm praying to him, right? I'm praying to him. Like, why does it seem like the ones that are pursuing you the most that are trying to do your, your will are getting hit the hardest? And what he really laid on my heart was... If we're walking in darkness to draw people out of darkness, we're like a flashing neon sign, mm-hmm. right? A flashing neon sign, and that's going to stand out to the people walking in darkness. But guess who else that's going to stand out to? Yeah. It's going to stand out to him, too. And he's going to do everything he can to pop your bulbs to make you stop shining. Yes. Everything he can. And like it or not, the Most High allows it. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. I guess my question for you all is why do you think he allows it? Why do you think the Most High allows us to be attacked? Because he could snap his fingers and stop at any time. So why does he allow the suffering and sorrow that the enemy brings into our world? Most of the time it's for redef- to redef- refine us. To We either, even in our walks, when we think we're good, we're really not good because we still need some kind of, some kind of refining done. You know, we'll be, we'll be refined all the way through our walk until we go home. He's gonna he's gonna keep chipping away at us and, and and purifying us the whole time. He's gonna take him, what do they call sediments or whatever it is out of the gold. You know, mm-hmm. we're like the gold, and and when they when he refines it, it takes more of the stuff out to make it more pure. And we're not gonna be completely pure until we walk through them gates, and then we'll be pure. So you know, I think 
that he does it, he allows it to teach us a lesson, you know, to learn, to teach us what we're doing wrong, to redirect us in a different path, to correct us. I mean, you know, that that's why I think he does it. It's all it's all for correction of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's why he allows us to go through these trials and tribulations and all this stuff that we're, you know, for one thing, we live in a broke world. Mm-hmm. You know, so anytime you live in anything broke, you're going to walk through something broke. Mm-hmm. Period. I'm going to, I agree with Bob, but funny enough, I'm going to say it in, in a way that normally Bob would have. I think, I think he does it so we have some skin in the game. Right, that's true. We have to, I mean, because we know it's not our works that are going to get us into heaven, but we still have to work. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, <clears throat> he paid the ultimate sacrifice with his son, you know, but we still have to, you know, we still have to work for it. We still have to show that we're, that we want to change, that we want to walk this path. We want to live our life how he wants us to. We still have to put in that work. And if you think otherwise, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Yeah. More than just a passive faith, right? Yeah, absolutely. On the sidelines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More than just, and my wife loves the phrase so much, checking the boxes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it has to be. It has to be more than just sitting in a pew on Sunday, and that's all you're doing for your faith. Well, if that's all you're doing is just checking a box or sitting in a pew, whatever you want to call it, however you want to cut it. Yeah. If you're sitting on the sidelines, that means you're dormant. That means you're not growing. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're not growing, you're not following God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. I mean, you know, that's that's just the way it is. Well, that comes right. back to what you were talking about. What the enemy wants is for us to stop. Stop. If yes. he can't have our salvation, he wants our productivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And too often we let him have it. We do. Yep. We do. I'm going to answer it under protest because I'm the narrator here. I ask the questions. I do what I want, Ronnie. That's right. That's right. I do what I want. <laughs> What's the date? It's uh, November 7th when I <laughs> when I asserted my authority on the podcast. Didn't, didn't we hear him say that you was you was uh, vice or whatever? How how he pronounced it? Uh, he, he called me Carl a lot yesterday. Carl a lot. Yeah, sir. Yeah, sir, sir Carl, Carl a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know that story, and I don't like what you're implying. <laughs> well, no, I don't know this story. Let's hear. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, my answer. I'm a I'm a flip it. Honestly, I, I agree with both of you, but I oh, think he's going to agree to disagree. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to add to it because I think okay. sometimes, yes, it's to humble us and whatever, and to refine us and all the things that you guys said. But I also think it's because we're going through that storm because somehow our focus isn't on him and the only place that we're not looking is him. Right. That's and where the correction comes in. Yeah. Yep. I like how I said it better. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> no, but, and I, think, I don't. Yeah, shockers. Because <laughs> um, I think just like the analogy we gave a month ago or whatever, right? You have the broken pieces of shards of glass. Mm-hmm. And it's so far in front of our faces or it's up close in front of our faces that we don't take the three steps back to see the stained glass window and the beauty of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And 
So we're wallowing in all of our things, no matter what that is. Addiction, financial, relationship, insert whatever you want to hear that involves you at the moment. Mm -hmm. Because that's where our focus is. And he wants our focus on him. So we're not doing it by ourselves. Yep. What about you? What about me? What's your answer your own question? What about Carl? What about Carl? Oh, the answer to my question? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's to refine us. I do. I think it's yeah. to train us up. I think it's to remind us that we are in a war and we can't just sit on the sidelines and, and expect him to do all the work, although he could. But oh, yeah. he chooses to have his, his children, like you said, put skin in the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think there's a, to me. I think the reason for that is to remind us. Well, 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 goodness, that was a loud call. That was loud. Jeez. I'm sorry, that just came out too. <laughs> Man, hopefully we can edit that. I think it's a it's a reminder we'll never forget through all of eternity why we should follow him, why we should love him, and why we should never rebel against him again. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think. Sadly, I think human history has proven that we need a reminder. As to as to why we can't make the choices we've made in human history again, mm-hmm. I think that's why he allows this. I think he, it's why he allowed us to fall. I think it's why he allowed us to suffer the consequences of sin for the past few thousand years, and I think it's why he allows us to suffer the consequences of walking through a, a, a veritable battlefield. Mm-hmm. I think we we have to have that constant reminder moving forward that he is the only way. There is no other way. He's allowing us to go through human history and exhaust every other option that there is other than him to show that he is the only way. There is no other. That should have been my final thought. I have nothing for a final thought now. Awesome. That drained me out. (laughs) I think, and, and we've said it, and we've said it over and over again, that this is like the fourth or fifth episode on spiritual warfare. But I think we said it right when Silent Ron and Coffee Mike were here the last time we covered this, that we can have a whole catalog full of episodes about spiritual warfare. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's all the things that I listed before. The addictions, the relationships, the financial, the whatever. It's comes down to chin up, eyes up. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, because I think, like we were talking before we went live on air, <laughs> <laughs> it's those things, right? Like, it, they're not, it, it could be the littlest of things. Like, a great thing's happening around you. And a button gets pushed inside you. Mm-hmm. And then the great thing that's happening, you're like, now nah, I'm soured off to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's not in your lane. Then you're not looking for other, <laughs> uh, other cars on, on the freeway. Right? Right. And so he knows that. And so he's going to start pushing those buttons. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like like we said, who are you to say who's God's calling to do what? Yep. 
but also you look back at your spiritual warfare, there comes a point in time, right? Like your your willpower, your perseverance, your whatever you want to call it, and you get out of that storm. Whether it's you're in the eye of the hurricane and you're out of it and now it's just windy, it's still misting a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can still look back on it and whatever personal thing that you just went through you now can teach somebody else how to weather their own storm mm-hmm. right anybody got anything else well, I was just going to share um, sometimes too spiritual warfare comes in to not necessarily your lane, but somebody loves lane. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, we during the summertime, I mean, things were just going. It was just, I mean, it was good. It was good, and it was, you know, flowing, and it was, you could feel, I could feel the Holy Spirit and a lot of what we were doing, and then get a late-night phone call from one of my kids, and there's a problem with their relationship. You know, and it's one of those to, you can never imagine in your in your heart getting a phone call like that and what do you do what what do you say well big daddy wants to say this mm-hmm. you know but godly dad has to say this because that's that's what needs that's how it needs to go not not emotion wise mm-hmm. scripturally Mm-hmm. It needs to go with what God would have you do, you know, and I had to take some time after the conversation to, because of course you're right on the spot. Right. And so yeah. it's like you have this split second to make this decision of what route you're going to take. And you talk about the Holy Spirit taking over in, in something and, and that's what it was because the words weren't mine. The heart wasn't mine because now you screwed with one of my kids mm-hmm. and besides my wife, the worst thing you could do. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, but still to know that in that moment, God loved me enough to have him come through me and not me. Right. You know, just overwhelming, For Over- to- overwhelming and, and just so, Oh, I don't even know the right word to say. Just so apropos of him and his love for us. Right. You know, it's just like, so. Mike, I'm shutting your mouth right now and I'm going to talk for you. Right. Because oh, yeah. you can't take back some things. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Well, I think that highlights, too, one of the reasons that we, we come under spiritual attack or spiritual warfare when, like, I think you use the word redirection. Right, Bob? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the Most High is trying to direct us in a specific place and we say no i do this a lot i say no i I like where i'm at Mm -hmm. i I think i'm gonna stay right here and he moves but we don't right so we start coming out from under his umbrella Mm -hmm. and then we start getting those attacks we're like oh i guess i should follow where you told me to go let me let me get back under your umbrella right sometimes he'll use his people like he used you to show him you know this is why this is happening and this is the direction you probably should be going in you know, if you want back under the umbrella of Jesus of the Most High, this is the direction you should probably go, and it's not yep. going to get better until you do. Right. Yep. You're going to get rained on. You're going to get wet until you get back under His umbrella. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just the reality of it. Yep. 
because again, like we've talked about too, if you think it's going to be easy following Jesus, you're you're wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever did. Yeah. The most worthwhile thing you will ever do. Yeah. But the hardest. Mm-hmm. Very I mean, simple. Yeah. But not easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. No, it's not going to be all peaches and cream. That's for sure. Nope. Mm-hmm. I do think the danger that are you getting ready to close? Sorry. Go for it. Okay. I, I do think one of the dangers, though, is we get, if we're in a war, I think the danger is that we get laser focused on the enemy and we lose mm-hmm. focus on our captain. Yeah. Right? Yep. I, think, I think any discussion of spiritual warfare needs to come with a reminder of who's for us. Right. And that kind of ties into what originally our, our, our scripture for this episode was going to be. I'm going to read that. It's in the context of the prophet Elisha. And these enemy satanic forces are coming to kill him. Satan is, is stirring up these evil people to kill Elisha. And Elisha's not afraid at all, but his servant is. He's terrified. Mm-hmm. And he says something awesome in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. He says, So Elisha answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Mm-hmm. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elisha, heaven's mm-hmm. army. They didn't appear when Elisha prayed. They were always there. Yeah, They were always there. The servant just couldn't see. The servant's fear was misplaced. He didn't need to be afraid. There was always, the Most High's army was always there. They were always outnumbering Satan. In his forces, he just couldn't see him, and that's where trust comes in. We have to trust that if we're under his umbrella, if we're following the captain of our salvation, chariots of fire are there. Even when the even when Satan's arrows get through and hurt us a little bit, his forces are there. Even when we can't see him, you have to remember that, and you have to trust, and you have to follow him. Let's pull the needle off the record. Let's. Uh close with some final thoughts Bob I'm going to close with two verses Ephesians 6 12 tells us this for our struggles is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms and then we back up here if I can get it to come back up Hebrews 11.3 really hammers that in it says by faith we understand that God's universe was formed at God's command so that we so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible I mean I could Mm-hmm. Continue on with mm-hmm. verses that right. just keep concreting that in, you know. It's just, you know, it, them, them verses is telling us that we don't need to focus on what's going on in the world. We know we're in a battle. Focus on the one who created us, who created the world. Like you was just talking about the chariots of fire around us. We've got the protection around us. All we got to do is pray to God and have him open our eyes to be able to see mm-hmm. them armies. Mm-hmm. You know. And that, that's what these verses is actually talking about. Yeah. They're like, just trust in God. Trust in what he's got. And don't sweat the small stuff. Right. That's it. That's all I... 
Right. I think the uh, was it Second Peter we were talking about earlier. You read first. First Peter. First Peter. Sorry, that uh, you were talking about the simplicity of of your enemy and everything like that. And I think that uh, a lot of times, going back to the military analogy, we had an analogy that you know I assumed was a military term, but this is like you can see here that it's the OG Old Testament, like you know, kind of thing of keep it simple, stupid. So it was the KISS method, and that was always pounded into your head sometimes. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> of keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? And, and, and it, it's, just, it's just to say this, that keep it simple in your mind, knowing who's there with you scripturally and who's got your back no matter what, which is yeah. the Almighty. Carl, do you really not have anything? I just have. I think I'm. I'm going to recite something. I, it 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 speaks to what we talked about the purpose, why he allows things that seem negative and seem bad to come into our world. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but I grew none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow. In narrow words said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. He has a purpose for the things he brings into our world. Mm -hmm. It may seem hard, and it is. It may seem bad, but there's a good purpose for it. We have to trust him, follow his direction, and seek the lesson he wants us to learn from it. Mine's, I'm going to read our verse again, and then I want to comment on it. It is First Peter 5, 8 and 9, right? Yeah. Be of sober spirit. That's key. Of sober spirit, mm-hmm. right? And he's not talking about not being intoxicated. It's the focus of sober spirit. No anger, no, no emotional feelings that can pull you one way or another. Be on the alert. Because if you have those emotions running through you and you're not of sober spirit, then you're not going to be on the alert. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's the whole thing. Here, I'm going to anger you a little bit. So then you're going to take. You're going to focus on the left hand while the right hand comes and gives you a haymaker. Yeah. Right? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Seeking someone. Like Mike said. Sometimes it's not us. Sometimes that someone might be someone that you love. Mm -hmm. But resist him. Stay firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. That means that you're not going through the same thing alone. Right. A, because if you stay in your faith, God is always with you. But B, you're not isolated by yourself. Because there is somebody else that you know is also waving, wavering the storm. Mm-hmm. 
and that storm would be him. That's all I got. Like, just remember you're not alone. Yeah, just like Peter said here, sometimes it is a roaring lion, but also sometimes it's a little snake that whispers too. Yep. But the same thing, the common denominator between those two things is he's waiting to devour someone. Mm -hmm. Mike, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Lord our God, we just come to you humbly with open hearts and open minds to receive a message from you, Lord, on what you would have us do with our lives, what you would have us do with our walk with you, what you would have us do in honor and glory of you in your kingdom, Lord. That's all we want to do. We just want to glorify you, Lord. We want to glorify and do things that are for the kingdom of God, to grow it, to be a part of it one day, Lord, and we just are so humbled that you would ever even think of us. We love you, Lord. We want to honor you. And we want to bring people to you, Lord, that so that you can save them like you saved us. And Lord, we just pray that we can be a part of that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And until next time. Welcome to Ministry. Catch you on the flip side.